0: Hi, I'm Rob, and this is another episode of Rewind and Review. As always, I'm
1: joined by the one, Jason. Oh, (laughs) that's me. Hello, (laughs) and joining us in the operator's chair once again, giving us all the exits and all the Kung Fu training we could desire, Mm -hmm. it's super producer Matt. Matty. Now, as many of you would be aware, Rewind
0: and Review is the podcast where we have a look at an existing property from the past, delve into its legacy, discuss how it's held up over time, and even give our own personal experiences. Did we watch it
1: as a kid or sometime later in our lives? This movie celebrates its 20th birthday um, in April this year, or if if you're living in the United States, uh, March. Yep. Um, And it is considered a groundbreaking feat in special effects and a redefining of the action and sci-fi genres.
0: That's right. Now, all you need to do is ask yourself, are you going to take the blue pill or are you going to take the red pill? Strap in ladies and gentlemen, as we rewind to
1: 1999. We have to go back! Go back, Step! What year is it? Are you telling me you built a time machine?
0: 1999, the year that saw children seeing dead people, people not talking about Fight Club, the world hating on Jar Jar Binks, <laughs> Poor Jar Jar. and <laughs> Jar Jar. Um, and Mike Myers being a naughty boy. baby. <laughs> <laughs> it was a huge year in cinema, and today's episode is about one of the biggest films to grace our screens, uh, and not just 1999, but pretty much one of the it's one of the biggest films of all time,
1: possibly, The Matrix. The Matrix, yes. yes. Uh, written and directed by the Wachowskis. Is that how you say it? Wachowskis. Wachowskis? I thought. Let's go with Wachowskis, yeah, and hopefully we can keep that up. But Formerly known <laughs> and credited as the Wachowski, Wachowski Brothers, yep. uh, The Matrix is a cyberpunk sub-genre film that the Wachowskis used Japanese animation and martial arts films mm. to draw inspiration from um, in executing their action scenes. It tells the story of a hacker named Thomas Anderson or Neo, played by Keanu Reeves, who discovers that the world he believes is real is in fact a computer simulation and that the real world is a wasteland where humans are enslaved by a dominating machine race. And all are plugged into this computer simulation named The Matrix in order to keep them enslaved. That's right. That wasn't that hard to explain.
0: Anyway, uh, Neo is liberated from The Matrix by a crew of other hackers. Um, we'll go through him. Trinity, played by Carrie-Anne Moss. Uh, Cypher, played by uh, Joe Pantoliano, I believe it is. APOC, Julie Aharanga, Kiwi guy. Switch, Belinda McClory. Um, Mouse, Matt Duran. Um, and assisted by purebred humans. Tank, who's played by Marcus Chong. And Dozer, who's played by Anthony Ray Parker. Now, this ragtag crew of hackers is led by the infamous and legendary Morpheus, who's played by Lawrence Fishburne who is on a mission to find the One, a human with extraordinary abilities who was prophesied to rise and liberate the human race from the machines and free them from the Matrix. Morpheus believes that Neo is the One and will stop at nothing to train
1: and prepare Neo for what he must ultimately become. Uh, But they are not without their enemies on their journey, constantly facing sentient warrior programs named Agents. Fashioned to look like federal agents and with superhuman abilities mm-hmm. that no previous human has ever survived against. Yeah. These agents led by Agent Smith, played by Hugo Weaving, exist to hunt down and kill uh, what they call freed humans and stop at nothing to succeed. Very good. Jason. What happened with you? Talk to me about your experience so, in this movie. I was eight years old when out. I remember the now this is, you know, the early days of, you know, the internet. Even I guess pop culture was not where it is today, and you know news spreading about yeah a, a property or a film coming up mm. like this. Um, but it was there. There was, there were talks in the in the school playgrounds of a, a movie coming out with like these crazy special effects mm. that you know trailers and stuff were 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 just showing these things that you know, no one had ever seen before. Um, so you know the kids were getting excited. I didn't see it at the cinemas though. As an eight-year-old, it wasn't. I wasn't you know going out to the movies and stuff. The folks weren't taking me there. <laughs> I, the first time I watched it, um, I was staying at a friend's house, and then we he put it on. He was like, "Oh, like, like we've got it's." It. So it was home release by that time. Yeah, watched it for the first time, and my mind, as you would expect, was was blown. <laughs> I, I don't even think I fully understood what I was watching, but. Just, I guess, the effects and stuff like that um, are yeah. very intense. Obviously, re-watching it multiple times as I aged slightly. Um, <laughs> yeah, the complete understanding of at least what this first movie was trying to... The story it was trying to tell and yeah. what, everything was, what everything meant. So, yeah, big fan. Uh, yeah, that's pretty no, it. Nice <laughs>
0: one. I, so I was th- 13. I think it was 13. Just in high school when this movie came out. So I saw this in cinemas. This movie just dominated my life, like mm. honestly. And not just this, also the sequels as well. I was at that perfect age where and I don't know if you felt this way, but I definitely did when I was when you know, when this came out. Oh, like that
1: questioning the world sort of thing. <laughs> well,
0: there was that. And there was so many people, like the uh, some people at school who really took it literally, and they really did. But I wasn't one of them, but I was one of those ones who were just you just put yourself in Neo's shoes. And you're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a bit like that. You know, oh, yeah? <laughs> I, could, I could be like that. I could be the one. I could That'd be. That'd be great. Yeah. It was a nice little uh, daydream that lasted probably the better part of my high schooling. Wow. Probably. Anyway, no, that had a huge effect. And you know, the the groundbreaking special effects that we're going to discuss and all of that kind of jazz, just it, it reinvented. The way that I engaged with action and sci-fi, um, similar to what Jurassic Park did when I was younger, it was just it blew my mind with what was possible, and I had no idea. And and also this was this was at a time where DVD's were just kind of just coming out, mm. and so this was the first opportunity to start seeing behind the scenes features and things like that. And they really like they they really treated the audience well with those kind of things. Um, so I got to see you know how the bullet time system worked and all of that. It was really bloody brilliant. So this one really. It's a close-to-my-heart it's it's close, close to my heart one. Ah, uh, yes. Whether or not it's held up, we're going to talk about that. But uh, let's talk about Legacy. This movie, The Matrix. So if we're just going to stick with the, the first one, it had a budget of $63 million. It's a pretty hefty budget, really, for some unknowns. But um, it made $463.5 million in the uh, global box office. So $63
1: million production budget. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean, it's a... It's a smaller number than I would have thought. You oh, just really? think going into well, reloaded got it in more. Yeah, obviously like, they you know, That's because it's like half the movies like CGI. Mm. But obviously the special effects that went into this, they clearly found cheaper ways of doing things, which we'll get into. works, stuff like Practical that, stuff, um, and a lot yeah. of it is camera tricks. And uh, yeah. I mean, there is CGI obviously in it, mm. but you know, no more than sixty-three million dollars <laughs> worth of it. Right. So, no. But you think if. If they were to make a movie like this today, they'd be mm. ambitious. They'd throw a hundred million at it straight away and then yeah. if that inflated, hundred and thirty million. <sighs> easy. Yeah. Easy. True. But sixty three million and it's like the matrix. Yeah. Like this movie that we all know is is what it is, you know, it's yeah. a big thing. Cheap and yeah, good profit. Cheap as
0: chips, mate. Cheap as chips. Cheap as chips. All right. So critically uh so on Rotten Tomatoes it currently has a score of eighty eight percent. Um, with it's a 7.6 out of 10 weighted average based on 144 reviews. I can't believe it's only 144 reviews. It's weird. Um, Metacritic gave it a score of, or has given it a score of um, 73 out of 100 based on 35 reviews. Who is not reviewing this? We should review this. <laughs> um, and CinemaScore gave it an A minus um, from their from the A plus to F scale. So it's, it's pretty high. So generally, you would say positively, like critically. Not
1: acclaimed, but People favorable reviews. Favorable reviews, absolutely. Yeah. Awards, but um, mm. won four Academy Awards. Well, I had no idea about that until we did a bit of research on this. So they yeah. snuck a
0: few in, yeah, because it's well, like I didn't know it was an Academy Award-winning movie. But anyway, if yeah. you
1: would have, yeah, start like, like oh, list some list Academy Award winners from like nineteen ninety nine, mm-hmm. like two thousand, whatever. Yeah, you wouldn't think, but I mean, best film editing, sound, sound effects editing, and visual, and visual effect. effects, and it's like yeah. falls into yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, 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 I think it makes
0: sense. It's not just a standalone movie. Everyone will be aware if you're listening to this. I'm sure um, that it spawned two direct sequels: um, Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions, which were both released in 2003. I was 17 in that year,
1: so they came I was out. The, they actually came
0: out the same, same year. Same year. Like one it came wasn't out like in, three and
1: four. One came like, out
0: in May. One came out in like
1: November or something. It was amazing. I remember that's it. That's weird. I mean, I don't. I don't remember. The- this whole like, I of remember this whole Matrix well, how old trilogy. Were you in 2003, th- do you reckon? Well, like twelve, thirteen. 13. Yeah, okay. like I mean, I, I guess I just wasn't, I wasn't following movies yeah. then. Like I, I don't know, it's, it's just weird. I guess movies
0: just came out. <laughs> just quick, quick five second review of those movies because we might end up like, doing them in the
1: future. What do you reckon about those sequels? Um, on first viewing, yeah. the second one is. Bigger, more fun. Yeah. I thought was a better movie. has a Revisi- car accident on the freeway. Uh, yeah, there's lots of cool action scenes. <laughs> Going back into it, though, like the effects are really, really bad. Yeah, they don't hold up. Because it's, cause Cause it's they too were, much reliance they on CGI. Sh- yeah, Absolutely. and they shot too far ahead. But
0: the practical elements, similar to this movie, but that, that car accident on the freeway in reloaded, that's all practical. So that's and exactly. they shot it twice. Yeah. yeah. Which is, this is what I mean by DVDs and their special features. You go watch the, one of the featurettes. They built a brand new... I'm talking about the wrong movie, but we built a <laughs> build a build a freeway in the middle of nowhere and then that accident the, the car accident, the um there was something wrong with the lens and it was all blurry when they I also re had to looked again. at their footage so they had to redo the whole thing. Oh damn. It's bloody brilliant. That's where that budget went. Yeah so but, uh, so reloaded probably had a budget of hundred <laughs> and just the, fifty million on this fifty million car accident.
1: <laughs> on the third movie though, um I think I'm probably in the same ballpark as a lot of people, yeah. I don't really rate it. Um it does it pushed it, a bit it, of those weird themes. It ties and stuff. the story, like it wraps it up and yeah. you know, like it really delves into yeah. you know the yeah, the themes and stuff that it's really trying to and all the things it's trying to relate to. Yeah. But overall the movie, you know, there's a lot less Matrix and there's a lot more like Zion and like mm. the real world. I just did the thing with my finger. Yeah. You know, like and you'll <laughs> find out later, you know, get into it. But um yeah. the Sentinels I don't really have an interest. Yeah. Like those scenes, just, just like Squitties. it's like it's a different movie, and I'm like, but yeah. there's a lot of that in the third one, and yeah, and it, it is pretty confusing. So, yeah,
0: really... and you can tell it's an Australian production because it's just, a cast is full of either Kiwis or Aussies that well, that's it. I mean, yeah. left, right, and center. But anyway, let's keep on going with this legacy on the actual The Matrix, the movie we're talking about. Well, before about. that, there's the, <laughs> the anime
1: anthology,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, we, I actually really like The Animatrix, oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. So, that's it's not a sequel, it's a it is a prequel, like you said, animated it's mythology. Like, well, it's got, it's was it made up of nine... It's like
1: parallel prequel. It's I mean, like, there might like be It's like Tale of
0: Buster Scruggs, but like cyberpunk.
1: <laughs> Basically, you've got... you've got I can't remember how many there are, but there's like... Nine. It? Nine? Yeah. You've got different animators, directors and stuff. that have come mm-hmm. on board. There's... Still written and mm-hmm. produced by the Wachowskis. Oh, really, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. But anyway, a bit more research there. They came on board, they... Basically did the all, like, different little chapters, yeah. different little stories, some of them mm. intertwine. some mm. of them sort of tie in. Um, if you were just to sit down and watch this, you'd probably have no idea what the hell was going on no. if you had no prior yeah. experience with the, the Matrix. But it is, I guess, extensive viewing, if you want, which is always did fun you Did have. you watch it? Yeah, I actually had it on DVD for a while. Can you remember any of them? Cause, uh, no, a- not English. a clue. So the, fly, it's all a blur. the
0: last flight of the Osiris... That's the one which is all um, CG. That's brilliant. Oh, I mean, yeah. I really like But, I mean, all the different titles. Let's keep on going. In other media, it spawned three video games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I played one of these, Enter the Matrix, in 2003. Um, and then there was another one, Matrix Online, and Matrix Path of Neo, that were released
1: in 2004 and 2005, I'd respectively. I played two of them. I had Enter the, oh. I had Enter the Matrix on GameCube. Which was like... I had it on PC, but anyway. It yeah. followed two characters. There was like a male one and uh, Naomi. I forget who the male one was. Um, that was voiced voice boy. No, Naomi was played by um Will Smith's wife. Oh, for real? Jada. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, yeah follow them. And, and the Path of Neo was, I had as well. I had that on oh, PC. I played Path of Neo too. And that's so one where I was like you play as Neo. Yeah. And it's pretty much the Matrix it's movie. It's pretty much so
0: the movie. It's very cool. Um, you needed some high specs on your
1: PC to play that effectively. Yeah, so I should. I, did not I think it. I've still got it. I should like load it onto my laptop. It'll probably. <laughs> yeah, probably would.
0: Ah, what you like it? All
1: right. Let's <laughs> um,
0: keep on going. Let's pause. We're just going to uh, go and play. Yeah, we're just going to yeah, we'll, we'll be right back. No, um, so it also uh, spawned. Spawned. It. Um. Yeah, spawned. That's a good word, isn't it? Yeah. I guess. Let's say that. It spawned a uh, comic series, which is called The Matrix Comics, very original. Um, there was an official screensaver which was all these little characters <laughs> that went up and down. That was all on like IBM. And, like, sure. Oh, like yeah, the green like yeah. graphics. yep. Um, and then uh, seven official books, so canon, official canon. Sure. Were written, and then there's 22 unofficial books. A lot of them are like philo- um, philosophy books and things that tie in because it's there's a lot of religious undertones and, and stuff okay. with this movie. So people, Scott, from an academic point of view, people are really dissecting this. Um, and it goes without saying it revolutionised um, action special effects. Um, I've, I've written here in a research, it's the invention of bullet time. It was it actually the invention. Bullet time existed. It wasn't
1: done as well. Um, yeah. And we'll explain <laughs> so that later so as it well. So it was more, they really mastered bullet They mastered time, bullet and they time. they put it in a mainstream, well, I guess eventually it was a mainstream yeah, film. That's right. Um, but I mean, just think of how many people and films sort of from them have tried to emulate copy yeah. do bullet time um <laughs> or even in, in terms of like parody and stuff you know yeah. you, th- you think scary movies Shrek yeah um Kung <laughs> Pao with the cow I haven't seen it you haven't seen Kung Pao no no. I know, what, I know the scene you're talking about because I've seen
0: it on YouTube mm, but look forward to I haven't Pao seen Kung Pao <laughs> um Juice Bigelow, I don't remember it being in Juice Bigelow, but Without a Paddle, they do it? Have you you seen Without a Paddle? I've seen
1: Without a Paddle. I don't remember the Matrix. So,
0: Seth Green, Matthew Lillard, and whoever else is with them. But they're in a pot field, and somebody's burning the pot field. And so, Seth Green, they're shooting at him, and he's high, but he doesn't realise it, and he thinks he's doing the the time. Oh, right. But he really is not. (laughs) He's just simply, anyway, everyone's high. (laughs) Very good. Um, Now, it plays, we always go back to one of these ones. It plays 39th. On Empire's five hundred greatest movies of all time, which was created in two thousand and nine, it's a lot of legacy. I heard that they're going to be rebooting this.
1: The Warner Brothers is is looking at. I think it's still Warner Brothers. I don't know. I haven't. That's not my uh, apparently they, they've they yeah they are interested in trying to reboot it. Um, I did read that they're going to go forward without any of the
0: original writing or direction, but they want to get the blessing. Of, yeah, they yeah. want
1: at a minimum the blessing from the Wachowskis. Which can I'm like, there. if they don't, like, are they still? You know, so they earn the rights to it. I mean, away you go. But that's it. That's it. You can't stop them, and it will be done. I don't think it needs to happen. Yeah, I don't think so either.
0: All right, let's get into. Let's pull it apart. Let's do it. Let's talk, talk the le- one. <laughs> well, it's the lead characters in general. But let's start. Neo, played by Keanu Reeves. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson Mr. himself. Mr. Anderson. Um. So a little bit, a little bit of trivia with that. It turned out that Will Smith turned down the role. For Wild Wild West, <laughs> what a
1: mistake! Sorry, well, Will.
0: If Will, you're listening, I really. It's I've, a I've read bad idea. two different
1: things. The first thing I read was that he claimed that he didn't believe the movie was possible to be made. He was like impossible, like the things. That's that a wanted, general consensus. Yeah. yeah, but apparently the alternative to that is he actually he actually thought he wasn't a mature enough actor or something, which seems oh. like the more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The more humble, (laughs) well, I mean, reasoning. I mean,
0: if you look at Keanu, I mean, I couldn't see anybody else but Keanu doing this, but he doesn't really do much of his acting range, does he? Really? Well, yeah, like you uh, know, like
1: he's kind of mute. What could we say? (laughs) Could we say Like the the many emotions of Keanu Reeves. Now, like (laughs) I've heard things about him in the real world. Apparently, he's like a real. He's a top like, like yeah, apparently, and and, I buy that. Um. Oh, yeah, like his emotional range in film. This could be... Could we say this is his best performance? <laughs> and I'm being no, serious. I'm uh, being serious. You know what? I think he's... In terms of like dramatic acting, I mean... No, uh, he does. He do, like, but he's pretty damn good in, in John Wick.
0: And it's pretty much... He's just Neo, but not, uh, no, not that's special true, powers. Dude. Yeah. But it's you've got one thing. You've got Bill and Ted, where everything... I mean, I think that's excellent. where my head and then goes. you've got... I've got like Neo Speed really and talk.
1: stuff, where he's just... Oh, damn. Yeah. Got a, you know, he's just yelling at Sandra Bullock. Um, giving her sass. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I think you know he he does. He kind of creates his character like Neo. Yeah. He can,
0: you know. He's, well, you get the conflict in him, right?
1: You get the conflict, like as in he is a conflicted. He's trying to doesn't know what's going
0: on. Yeah. He's and, and he's he's learning just been, about
1: all of this stuff. It's yeah. like what he's just being thrust
0: into it all. Like of course. I mean, how would you feel?
1: How would you feel? Anyway,
0: um, a couple other little bits and pieces. There were other people that turned out to roll. Nicholas Cage turned out to roll. Brad Pitt and Val Kilmer both, Kilmer both turned out to roll. And the Wachowskis wanted Johnny Depp for it, but the studio pushed for Keanu, and that's what happened. <laughs> I would have hated, especially Johnny Depp now. I'm a,
1: yeah, I'm a fan of you know, Johnny, Johnny Depp, Depp films, meh. you know, back in the day, but I, I don't know. I yeah. I just I just see something different there.
0: Yeah. Keanu Reeves actually stole a signature move from Bruce Lee, which is really interesting. Yeah, so he, he, like, so he, he like, improvised. Yeah, that, that little bit where he, he does like the. He like the thumb rubs his finger. nose yeah, with the thumb summon his finger. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there you go. Good on you. All right, moving on. Morpheus, Lawrence Fishburne. Pretty amazing. Trivia straight up. Gary Oldman and Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer was hell tied into this film. But anyway, I they wanted were, him for, <laughs> just wanted him for something. And Samuel L. Jackson were all considered. Unfortunately, none of them got it. Um, but I kind of agree with that. I think he's great because he's he's so like his portrayal, especially in the first say first act, he's just elusive and he's. He talks around
1: things, but he doesn't give you any definitive answers to anything. Which is funny because in like the first forty-five minutes, half more than half of Neo's lines are literally questions. Yeah, which I guess is for the audience as well. It's yeah. exposition through the two characters, and obviously as he meets but it's Morpheus, very cleverly done though. Morpheus um, is obviously kind of giving him answers, you know, yeah. like little bits at a time. But he is—he, I've heard, um, well, I read that Lawrence Fisherman described Morpheus as. Uh, what do you say Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader in one so you've got <laughs> I guess that sort of wise I know things I'm being a yeah. bit elusive but I'm also secretive. I'm also this like entity of yeah. great power that <laughs> should be it, it, in my... it ties
0: into so they, they obviously put a lot of, and Morpheus especially puts a lot of stock into what the Oracle says you know and they go and see the Oracle we'll talk about it later but it's like it's like he's a religious man, but not following a faith, following the oracle's words, and so similar to when you you might go to a congregation, you know, at a church. Morpheus
1: would be sort of like uh,
0: a, the priest, the, or, yeah, or, or yeah, you know, the, like, the figure uh, of that, and he's leading the faith, um, and people just follow him not blindly, but as in they they
1: have their own faith yeah. in his Like We will obviously speak about like the parallels oh, to yeah, yeah. religion yeah. and stuff, but there, no, that you, you've got it dead on. It's like the the faith the relig- I guess the religious sort of thing mm. that we're following is the prophecy of you know the one yeah. and Morpheus is that player who's trying to yeah. get it to happen yeah he's the priest he's our yeah. our shepherd and he wears <laughs> awesome sunglasses did you know
0: those sunglasses don't have little ear loops yeah okay, I was looking at and I was like how, cool how do they
1: stay on his face? A little bit of a pinch on his nose fringe no, like, of his real nose.
0: sunglasses it's awesome like. um, moving on Trinity Carrie Ann Moss she's awesome. Was this one of her first film know, roles maybe. or something? I read something maybe. about
1: her saying that this was, this was the first time she saw herself in a film. Uh, which, huh. either she'd never watched any of the things she was yeah. in, or... Yeah, she... I mean, maybe I could have put more research into it. But, <laughs> but, no, one of, if this is one of her most earliest roles, like, yeah. that's cool, that's fine. I think she's great. And they wanted, apparently, Janet Jackson... Yeah, no, it's weird. To it's play,
0: which is um, bizarre. So yeah, Janet was originally but she approached declined. She declined. declined again. Like this is what I mean. Like a lot of people were approached and declined. So it's like the Wachowskis did not get their A team <laughs> for this movie, but they pulled it together fantastically. Um so uh Carrie Ann Moss was actually initially uh doubtful of the film's potential and was reluctant to commit to like the wire work and all the jumping around and all that kind of jazz. Maybe until she sat down with the Wachowskis and the Wachowskis sat down and just said, Yep.
1: That um, might be why a lot of people were declining and saying, "Oh no, thing," you know, much like the what yeah. we thought was so the Will Smith sixty-three situation. million dollars, and, and it's like, "Oh, that's your budget." Oh, it, the movie actually hadn't been greenlit when pre-production had started. They were yeah. designing things, they were sorting out, you know, set designs yeah. and stuff like Everyone's that. Injured. They were starting the casting, but the yeah. movie wasn't greenlit, so maybe yeah. that was the hesitation from a lot of people.
0: Yeah. Um, and well, I mean. She obviously came around because for her official audition, it was about a three-hour physical audition. <laughs> so she obviously wanted it at the end of it all. Come she was on. the only
1: one who stayed. She's <laughs> like, oh, the
0: only one who got through the three hours. Good on you. Um, Agent Smith, played by Hugo Weaving. So he's another one of the
1: leads. So did they pick him up off off the street? Who? you? I who? mean, like this. The Matrix was filmed entirely in in Australia. Yeah, it was filmed so, in Sydney, and there's a lot of there's well, a lot of Sydney when you, going back to the the casting things. So Gene Renault
0: was was offered to role but declined. Um, but didn't probably didn't want to fly over because away he didn't want friends. to relocate to Australia. <laughs> so they probably said, "Oh, Gene Renault, you're not coming." Gene Renault, mm. Renault, Reno, Reno. Renau? Renau, we Renau, uh, we did this when we did do Godzilla. Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> bloody hell. Um. But, so they're just like,
1: here you go, we need you. Come on, come on yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was probably like, oh, I'm in, I'm in Victoria at the moment. Yeah, I'll, I'll come over to Sydney, Sydney. that's fine. Done. <laughs> that's... Um, so a bit about
0: his um, performance and his portrayal. Um, so he actually had a neutral accent, um, which was actually loosely based on the Wachowski's own voices. Um, yeah, and he took the inspiration he, from it. Yeah, yeah, and the reason he wanted to do that is because he didn't want to seem human or robotic. He wanted to just kind of be bland and let people kind of... Take their own. <laughs> the or a pro- the a result program, so. just creepy as shit. Yeah. Nah, but um, again, just it's inevitable. Like,
1: I mean, it might come across sometimes as a little bit hammy or like a bit cartoon, but it's like you know yeah. he, he creates a character out of Smith. He he obviously stands out over the other agents. Yeah. Um, and he's like it's so fine, yeah. So he's
0: introduced. Oh no, what I mean? You have the opening amazing scene with um with Trinity, but beyond that little action scene where he's like. He's just bluntly, bluntly confidently. Like your men are already dead. He, like, sometimes he takes his glasses off, and when he does that, he becomes more human and more, um, more vulnerable. You can overall. see his beautiful eyes. Oh well, yeah, that.
1: I guess <laughs> Hugo's. He's portrayal as awesome. What's, his what's power, it's thing? just power. It's just pure what's power. What's the thing with the sun? With like sunglasses and stuff. It's like when they're in the Matrix and they're wearing sunglasses. It's like, like they're hot shit. No, you know. So what? I actually... So this was in. It's
0: particularly in matrix reloaded um, special features, but it applies to this as well, is the glasses are a metaphor for strength. So when the people are wearing their sunglasses, so when so Morpheus takes them off um, when he's at the oracle, and he's told to sit down in
1: this way because he's, he's he he's has not, no power. Yeah, there, he's got right? no, no yeah. And same with um. And obviously he, he take he hasn't got them on again later when he's you know kidnapped and he, and when he
0: when he falls through the wall and tries to take on Smith he's got no glasses but Smith has
1: glasses on which means he's the more powerful. Yeah. One. And, and Neo obviously puts glasses on when he's like ready to get it done. Yeah. Like when you know That's we right. get to the climax of the movie. That's right. Although when he's at his most powerful he's not
0: wearing them. But um Smith takes his glasses <laughs> off when he's interrogating. Because he's and you're seeing a vulnerable side to him. Right. And especially when he takes his glasses off and he takes his earbud out so his other agents don't know and he's actually having a bit of a breakdown with Morpheus saying, I need to get out of here.
1: It's because he's vulnerable. So That's um, where he, I, I, like, ironically, he's, he's most human when, he's, yeah. when he basically admits that he wants out. Yeah, he wants he to get wants out of him. here.
0: Um, so, yeah, the, in summary, the glasses are like a metaphor for strength whoa So, and in, in Reloaded, you remember the fight in the back of the truck? Yeah, yeah. Morpheus is wearing his glasses during that fight, and he and he beats Agent He's uh, Brown, I think. I Johnson is the new one that comes in. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> okay, let's talk supporting characters. We've got heaps to go through. Uh, uh, the Nebuchadnezzar crew: um, Cipher, Dick. Led fantastically yeah. by Joe Pantoliano. So he's
1: this guy. His whole a bad guy from the start. His whole so. deal is basically um, he's a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, he's the one, with the, the bold guy with the goatee. Kind of looks like Rob. Um, if you had a <laughs> <laughs> no, so his whole deal is he he regrets coming out of the Matrix and learning all of this stuff. He yeah. basically wants to go back in, so, live a life taken of the blue, blue pill. Yeah. yeah, he wants to forget everything he's learned. He just wants to go back because yeah. ignorance is bliss. So he's obviously taking sets, making deals with the That's devil. That's the most succulent steak he's eating when he mm. says ignorance is bliss too. Anyway, continue. It's very yeah, yeah very nice and pink. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, I'm so hungry. Um, but I, I mean, this movie's villain obviously is Agent Smith but I mean they yeah. still have an antagonist or a betrayal sort of I guess yeah. like a Judas, real world, a Judas antagonist. type character you know, if yeah. you want to make those parallels again to the religious things a good call I didn't, didn't pick that up on yeah, you know, he's the, yeah. the backstabber the one within them who's you
0: know yeah. doing it for himself and so that's what he's doing he, he, uh, he says he wants to be plugged back in and so he makes a deal with the agents to basically sabotage the crew get them they can get hold of uh, Morpheus who has the codes to get into all these mainframes Because the agents are, um, like we said, they're sentient programs. They're Mm. they're computer programs, so they can go anywhere. Um, So he's a dick. Uh, (laughs) uh, He ends up killing everyone. He's He's a a dick. Who else do we have on the crew? We've got Apoc, um, Julian, uh, was it Arahunga? Um, So he... He's a Kiwi actor. Yeah, but He's like great. long
1: hair if you... No, if you, no, no. He is one with long hair, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. 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 Um, him, like... I mean, all of these supporting characters, they all have their own little role to play, and they're all great. They're
1: great. They've all kind of got fantastic. like a... They each sort of stand out both in looks and I guess yeah. like personality qu- like quirks as well. Yeah. Um, Apoc probably has the least personality. You don't really get much from him. Yeah. He's more sort of pushed aside.
0: You know their moment? Uh, and, and so alternative to Apoc, similar amount of like screen time and that kind of thing is Switch um, played by Belinda McClory who's actually an Aussie actress um, both APOC and Switch so during their deaths that's probably the time when you actually see like their real like you, you get the most out of them is that, is that two seconds it's their scenes it's their, it's their moment you, know? you see they're him realise he goes Trinity and he realises what's happening and then he gets plugged gets the plug pulled mm. and then Switch realises what's going on and is like D- not like this I don't want to die like this but like Pure pain. Yeah. And done. She's gone. So you get the most
1: out of them in their last moments. It's pretty cool. (laughs) And see, an interesting thing with with Switch, well, her name, Switch, the um, the original plan with her, when she was in the real world, she was supposed to be played by a male. And then when she was in the Matrix, Mm. played by a female. But then they they redesigned her character and was like, we'll just keep it. Female, like let's not overcomplicate things more than we need to. Hence, s- why she's called Switch. I could see. Ah, oh. okay, cool. But they did kind of go for. I mean, I could see that working now. In 1999,
0: that would have been really hard for probably the more conservative audiences to wrap their head around as well. Like just changing, flicking between. I mean, it same would same character, same it would open, in different gender. It would open so.
1: another sort of box of philosophy, and it's like you know, you're living as a living as a female, yeah, and but really is a male in the... Yeah. But then I guess it's sort of like, then would it matter? And I get, like I said, a box of philosophy, opening a whole new can of worms. Yeah. Very, It's very, very interesting, especially considering the uh, transitions that the
0: Wachowskis might had. Oh, the that's true, yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> hey, I wonder why... That, I mean, I guess it must have been just too logistically hard to pull off, perhaps, maybe. Mm. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um... Interesting. I did not know that they that was... just wanted one actor <laughs> <laughs> because that's all they it's could afford. Because they as only as had sixty-three, $63 million dollars. Um, other so other um, uh, crew members on the Nebuchadnezzar is uh, Tank and Dozer, two humans who were born in Zion. They're not plugged into the Matrix and, yeah. and grown. They were literally born, which means that the machines breed their humans with the ability to breed, which is weird. But anyway. Harvesting is probably a (laughs) a better. No, 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 but no, but like, so so the humans in the pods, right? Mm -hmm. If they get freed, they can
1: procreate. Oh yeah, that's true.
0: It's like, would you not just make them all sterile so the freed ones still can't? You can't go anywhere. You can't anyway. Whatever. (laughs) Um, But that. So tanks played by uh, Marcus Chong and Dozer's played by Anthony Ray Parker. Two supporting characters. Tank's my favourite. Tank's, Tank's actually my favourite character. All of
1: them, to be honest. He's a young one. Is he the one that's replaced by... What's his name in the second one? Michael from Lost. Michael from Lost. <laughs> I don't remember his name. What's his bloody name? William something. Isn't it? Anyway. Nah, I don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Malcolm. <laughs> do not Malcolm. Is Malcolm. Is it Malcolm? No, that's the kid. That's Walt. Yeah. No, I don't know. Don't anyway, know. it doesn't matter. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Matt Matt might
0: look for it <laughs> while, <laughs> while we're talking. Um, so, yeah, but he's replaced. But he's not replaced as a character. He's, it's his brother. No, no, it's his cousin.
1: Oh, I thought they—I thought it was the same character. They just replaced. No. Oh, I no, you need to actor. refresh yourself. Oh, I've All watched right. the Matrix more than I have Reloaded and Revolutions. <laughs> I'll be honest.
0: All right, let's keep on going. One other character we wanted to start discuss before we start talking about some of the other awesome stuff of this movie: the Oracle, played by Gloria Foster. Just want to say she was recast, up. wasn't she? No, she passed away. Oh, she passed away during filming of Reloaded and recast, <laughs> and then recast. But they actually own that. They say because she's a program, right? She can look. Because different. they don't tell it in this movie that she's a program, but because she's a program, mm. they can. She can take whatever form she wants. She just does. It. I mean, that's a good point. They they own it. I, I mean, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, unfortunately, but he's Gloria he's Foster passed away during the filming of their sequels. And they were filmed back to back. Yes. So it was kind of a bit messy, but Gloria Foster, she's great and it's witty. Most of the things she's got to do, like I, I love the sequence with her because she's
1: predicting the future while it's happening. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I always—it's always hard when you, there's such a prominent uh, feature in like a scare, like scary movie, scary movie three, yeah. where they have a lot of Matrix. Is it the film? Yeah, they have a lot of Matrix it stuff. That was the first one. Yeah, no, yeah number three, they have. Um, oh, look at that. They actually Silence. have. Like an Oracle character, they've got the light. Like the lighthouse has the architect stuff oh, in right. there and all that. And yeah, it's like the Oracle's being like it's funny. Yeah, oh, I don't know. So it's hard to sort of crap movies, watch this, crap watch the Matrix and, and take it seriously anymore. But um, no, I still can't. I like it.
0: You know, one of the things like she says, like she she keeps on saying this stuff, like oh, don't worry about that vase. And he goes, what vase? And knocks it over, and mm-hmm. she's like, I told you, don't worry about it. But then he, she turns around and says, what's really gonna cook your noodle later is would you have broken it if I didn't say anything and, and this that, that little line where it's yeah. like yeah I mean do we do, do we do crap because we're told like where where does fate
1: lie and where does there's multiple things that she does like in this movie but I mean I don't want to talk too much about the the second and third one but mm. you know like she tells characters certain things yeah I mean the one thing she says in this movie is she tells Neo that he isn't the one yeah, like she said to him, "You're not the one." But then, by the end of the movie, you know, there's another thing that unfolds, and it's sort of like, "Well, he's not the one yet." But it's like, did she did she tell him on purpose that he wasn't the one because she needed to tell him that so he could become the one? If she had told him that he was the one, his journey might have ended there, and therefore, him he, he might not have become the one. Yeah, no, but, it's. But by the way, well, so so
0: on on that, but just so the audience is aware, if you haven't seen this movie and you don't know who the Oracle is, she is. A lady who can predict the future, I think, but she's yeah. a program. In case you didn't catch that. Yeah. <laughs> in case, in case, in case. But anyway, um, so yeah. But I look at that like Morpheus says later in the in the movie. He says she told you what she ne- you needed to know. That's all. Nothing else. Just simply That's and it. same similar to the bars mm. thing. She said, "Don't worry about it." He knocks the bars over, and it's like, "Well,
1: it's best not to think." About and is all he
0: is he, he the, is he is he the one? Be, like because there's heaps of potentials. So is he the one? Because she told him not that he's not the one. Because that's what he needed to get through. Because everything else she said has come true. More everything happened with Morpheus. Everything
1: that's happened true. And Trinity. That's, everything. And else, that's why you have all these other characters who are, you know, have faith in and, her and what she says. She because, says you've got
0: the gift. So it's like you've got the gift.
1: You're just not. It's just not you don't have. You mm. haven't made your mind up or anything. And I'll try. I'll try and do this again. But if you jump into the third movie, you've got. The, archi- is it the architect is the architect is the old guy. The architect and um, the Colonel, Oracle. Colonel Sanders. Yeah, they meet. I think it's like at the very end of the movie. They meet in a park, and he says to her, "You know, like you've played what a dangerous game." Yeah, and it's like, "What game has she been playing?" And it makes you think when you go back and watch. Well, he says this movie. It's like, says, has she been playing some sort of game? No, 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 no. He says the
0: Oracle in that movie. He says in that movie, he goes, "I, I, might, I exist to balance the equation, and she exists to to correct it." As in, so she's there to screw up his equation, so he has to continually try to balance the system. He's the architect; he designs the matrix, the world, basically, and she's which, there to fuck which, it, She's there to screw it up. In terms
1: of design, needs balance. Yeah, yeah,
0: but there's always going to be an anomaly, and she's the anomaly. And she's well, she's the one who finds the anomaly. Mm.
1: But it's just interesting. It's just like, oh, is to she there a just? To All right, that's a good. That's a good segue to into. Book.
0: Influences and themes. Let's talk quick, really quickly, before we go onto a break. Let's quickly talk about this. So, so influences and themes. Really briefly, we don't go too deep in this, but um, it, the movie does have concepts, you know, just ran, of various mythologies, religions, and for philosophies, which includes the ideas of Buddhism, Christianity, especially um, Hinduism and Judaism, and there's one I can't pronounce. So I'm not going to say it. Gnosticism. Gnosticism. Awesome. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but these are different things that um, the Wachowskis have kind of included with the yeah. overall mentality of the film.
1: Now, I mean, a lot of it is contained in this film, and you can get a lot of, you it, can. especially the, the 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 crisis stuff. Yeah, flows through. It's a lot more on the nose in it, yeah. and in your face. You know, you've got Neo doing the like mm. the the crucifixion thing. You know, in the third film. Yeah. It gets way more into it yeah. than, but even in this movie, you know, you have him essentially die, yeah, and be resurrected. He comes, resurrected. Back. He comes yeah. back, you know, like well, there what, are things how- like there's, there's that a thing. virgin birth.
0: It's there's a prophecy of him coming. He comes alive again and he ascends to a high plane.
1: What I like is when you first meet Neo, and he, you know, he's in his little apartment, yeah, and obviously he meet he greets those people he's you know doing that deal with at his door and the. Um, you know, a guy says to him, you know, like, oh, you're just like an every... No, refers to him as Christ, basically. Mm. You know, like, oh, you're my saviour. Then he says, like, oh, but you... Yeah, I won't tell anyone about you. You totally don't exist. It's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> was a bit hard-hitting. But there's, but there's two things. That, you know, you could treat it as him saying, oh, Christ doesn't exist. Or you could, you know, him hinting at, you know, like, oh, we're going to go down that path of saying that. Yeah. Referring to Neo as being, like, the Christ, the saviour. Yeah. But also, it's like, this is the Matrix. You don't technically exists exist. yeah. and it's like ooh there's cool. more of those things as you, as you go through the movie when yeah. Neo is meeting with that with his boss and he's like you yeah. think you're so special yeah. you think you're above the rules Yeah." and then Agent Smith later when he's interrogating him and he's like oh you're living a double life Yeah, and it's like this movie is literally one of you is
0: this one of you is that
1: everything is literally telling Neo that he you know what's going on and he's yeah. oblivious to <laughs> oh, it well, can, can we just say even
0: to be honest I wanted to raise this a bit earlier, but we kind of didn't get around to it. But Morpheus could have explained this to him so much simpler because he literally says, as soon as as they're in the the desert of the real, he says the Matrix is a, what does he say? An an artificial simulation, a neural simulation program. Yeah. Done.
1: (laughs) Roll credits. Done. No, but I mean... But, he, but, but he there's says, a real... There's a genuine threat that, I guess, the movie presents of his brain could melt. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, and they're not supposed to, apparently, you know, wake someone up too late in their lives because yeah. they find, find too that struggle to, it. to yeah. letting go and forgetting, you know, what they know. Which is why, in the waiting room, the
0: potential ones are all children, obviously, mm-hmm. because you are waking them up. Yeah, that makes sense. And everybody gets... Mind you, they're all they all have hacker names, but I would assume that they're not children hackers. But anyway, that's a, that might be a plot point, um, plot hole. Children can be hackers. Going back to influences and themes <laughs> really quickly because we need to have a bit of a break in a second. Um, so we touched on the stuff, the, the um, allusions to Christianity. That's the most identifiable for me, anyway. It's just an interesting tidbit. This features in the film. There's a philosoph- uh, philosophical book named, Was it uh, Simulacra and Simulation? which is very interesting Sounds concept. like a sex book. That's all I'm saying. No, and simulation. <laughs> so it's, you know, uh, the philosophy of simulation features... It actually features in the movie. Now, it was actually required...
1: simulation. That's
0: right. No, that's not correct. <laughs> um, but it was actually... Uh, it features in the movie. It's the book that he hides his money and his discs in, yeah, yeah. in the thing. And if you actually open up on that page, the first thing says, like... Can't, don't it's not verbatim, but it's like about nihilism or something like really dark <laughs> and something crazy. But um, a little known little known fact: um, the whole cast was required to read that text really before before even um, before pre-production. That and others. I don't. I don't believe others listed. Right. But it was about yeah. three or four that I just they had to, to get their head around. That's I'm just
1: going to do a sideswipe for a set. Yeah. You mentioned like the discs, It's like floppy discs. There's anything that's going to age a microdisc? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a GameCube disc, basically. <laughs> GameCube. No, he gives a, He gives his mate a, a floppy disc. He's like, don't let, don't, let it, 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 don't get caught with it. it, it, it. it. Yeah. Um, Dude, it's good. But we're, we're talking. You know, we're talking all these themes like Christianity, all these books and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the more on the nose. Um, thing is Alice in Wonderland. Oh yeah, I mean that features. It's in there. I mean, we've got with the White Rabbit
0: down the rabbit Aiden, hole. Well, Nic- Nicom- I mean, Mon- you could refer
1: to the Matrix as Wonderland and like the yeah. real world being, you know, the real world. Yeah, the Red Pill. Um, I was showing how far the rabbit hole goes. When Neo first enters uh, Morpheus's building, you know, he's going up those steps, and it's like you got the checkered floors. There's all those allusions to like Lewis Carroll's yeah. like illustrations and you know works and stuff there. Yeah. So. I mean, they even mention, I think it's Cypher who mentions, like, just briefly, it's not as big as Alice in Wonderland, he mentions Dorothy in Oz. Well, yeah, he doesn't yeah. mean Dorothy, but he says, You're not you know, in Kansas yeah, anymore. Kansas is gone, you know, yeah. but uh, that's the opposite. That's referring to the Matrix as Kansas and <laughs> the yeah. real world as Oz, but maybe he's saying it sarcastically because we all know how he is. Yeah, it's just, well, you know, because because he also identifies with
0: the Matrix as the real world.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. yeah. Hey. hey. All right, look,
0: we've gone to town on this bad boy. Break um, sweat. It's time. Yeah, it's, it's time to have a quick ad break.
1: Um, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Luke, and I'm Jason, and we are the guys from That Film Studio. Do you like movie reviews and want to keep up to date with the latest in movie and TV news? Then That Film Stew is the podcast for you. Join us every two weeks for some good times, laughs, and firm opinions on the things we love. That's right. There's a new podcast released every two weeks on iTunes and SoundCloud. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Stew Podcast. That Film Stew Podcast. Listen, comment, follow, share. Let's talk
0: score and soundtrack. Jason, what did you think? Uh, There was... There was a score
1: and there was, was a, soundtrack. a soundtrack. Oh wow! Okay. Don, well, Don Davis does the the score. Yeah, I believe.
0: Correct. So, yeah. So he's <laughs> he did all four Matrix films, but he also did Jurassic Park Three. Do you remember that? It's the first time John Williams didn't do a Jurassic Park movie. Um, yeah, but he yeah like yeah Jurassic Park you know he's just picking up John Williams. <laughs> um, and stuff. he did behind enemy lines. There are a couple of the big ones. He's done heaps of others as well. He's awesome. I mean. The score is not memorable. It's not one of those themes that you kind of pick yeah, up Yeah, although, you know, like when, when the green
1: Warner Brothers logo comes up at the start and, like, you do hear those sounds, it's like, you know, it sounds like the Matrix and I'm like, you
0: know, I'm, I'm in, I'm like, oh, yeah. this is... I think the soundtrack stands out more. Um, I don't... I mean, look, so we've got yeah, they're Marilyn Manson, Rob the Zombie. They're all, they're all heavy. And um, you got The Prodigy, so R.I.P. Keith Flint. Oh, um, yes, yes. Very, very sad. Um... Our Radiance Machine, the movie finishes on Radiance Machine, Deftones, so all kind of really heavy tones, but a bit punky,
1: and a bit grungy, and a bit. It kind of falls and that's into the that, feel like, it's that all that like that cyberpunk they... sort of yes. style and genre that they're going for. Um, they can transcend that through the these tracks. Yeah, and...
0: there are a lot of angsty nerd computer nerds, uh, you know. To. And when <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And when you break <laughs> when
1: you break into a scene where it's like. You know, there's machine guns firing and your characters doing flips and kicking and yeah. stuff. If you put a... You know, a put r- throw a rage
0: against a machine in there. You and, know, like,
1: yeah. it kind of, it creates, there's a style to it. There's almost like, yeah. it's it's like a signature of yeah. this film. It stands out. I think the score plays second field too.
0: Plums the song, the song's to, <laughs> to the soundtrack. I think the soundtrack is far more prominent because it, it, is, it is its own character. Mm. It sets the atmosphere for the scene. You know, and it is like you said, it is that like cyberpunky, grungy stuff. I like it. The score's fine, like
1: it's fine, but it's not. Yeah, no, it's, not. it's recognisable. It's recognisable, it's not memorable. I mean, yeah, I, you know? don't ask me to hum it because I can't. Like, honestly, like it's I literally. Just that tone, it's like, like. and I watched the movie today. You know, like. <laughs> and I still can't. Did you really? Yeah, I that's can't. usually my, mo- my uh, move. This,
0: I watched it a couple of nights no, ago. Matrix. I know it. Let's talk about well, the big, the big thing that it kind of. Like I said, it didn't invent it, but it definitely reimagined it. It put Um, it on the screen and did a really good job at doing it. Bullet time. Bullet time. Bullet time. In a nutshell, previously, um, bullet time, the method of um, bullet time was used to kind of... It would be used in a way that would freeze time. And so you would get a slow motion um, rotation of a camera. But everything in that shot was frozen. What this movie did, in a nutshell... Right. It was more slowed down, not necessarily yes. a frozen time. So if you look at the special features of this movie, neo dodging bullets, it us that as an example on the rooftop,
1: right? Yeah. So you got the bullet the bullets are all CGI, they're added in post, yeah. right? But him obviously bending backwards, suspended by wires, I'm guessing. He so he had his feet
0: strapped to the ground? Right, so that's holding him. And then he has wires strapped to his shoulders, I think. And he just is. drops back. So he that's drops that. back. that's the physical
1: yeah. performance there. And it happens
0: within a second and a half. There is it's a green screen circle. So there's no it's not shot on location, it's all shot green screen. But it's a circle and depending on which way they want the camera to pan, like if it's going up and above or anything like that, mm-hmm. is an individual camera lens every couple of millimeters. So yeah, going lots around as well. Wow. And, and so what they do is they so Keanu Reeves falls backwards and does his little thing. It happens within a, half, a second and a bit. Every shot, every every camera has a new frame, but it's in it's taken it's taking just a slightly different, a progressed version within no. that second and a half. And that's what they piece And together. that's how they get the movement out of it. Instead of freezing time, they you get a moving person dodging bullets. It's incredible. They could just use a, a track and a camera and move it really fast. Well, no, but <laughs> if you see Keanu Reeves as he does like the, the bullet dodging, it's mm-hmm. no he doesn't move his arms. He literally just falls back and moves one arm. And then it holds it, and that's what happens, and that's all you see. But because it's moving slowly, and you've got the bullets coming past him, it's as if he's dodging. Right, and it looks so bloody brilliant. We have
1: similar scenes with like Trinity you know, like diving up into the air and sort yeah. of you know doing like a Spider-Man pose almost, yeah. but mid-air, and the camera spins around. Is that the same? Yeah, because she's still with, moving. She's with, still with moving. All slowly. those camera lenses. Yeah, but she she was on a rig to lift her up. Oh, of so course, there. yes. No, no, um, but but no, no yeah, the, no. the yeah, camera rotation. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and same with um, the subway shootout, that's them, and they're on wi- wires, and then the cameras are panning around quickly. Yeah, apparently. No, no, not panning around. As in, it's got hundreds of cameras. So yeah, um, look, that, that's one element. That's something that this movie is is fr- um is famous for. Other thing is its fight choreography. So um, there was a fight choreographer. Uh, his name's um, Yuan Wu Ping. Wu Ping. Um, Give you so a whooping he, he, with his fight moves. Whatever yeah. we could do, um, yeah. but so he's famous for movies like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, the Kill Bill, B- Mo- Kill Bill movies, Lord, um, and Lethal Weapon Four with Jet Li. If you remember that, that's a great movie actually, but as career, really. yeah. so he. But he, I mean, he has an ex- like a huge list of works, um, like Oriental works in China as well, China cinema. But these, these are the Western versions. So they got him involved. Um, and kind of created this fighting these fighting techniques which is called what was it called? Wire fu. So Kung Fu on wire. Well that wires. makes sense, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you just said it. Kung Fu on wires. Yeah. And you've seen you would have seen that like crouching, Tiger, hidden dragon, like they're jumping all over the shop. Kill mm. Bill, they're jumping all over the shop. That's all wire work, but they also incorporate martial
1: arts into it and, as well. I mean they they're the ones that came before but like you will see like these techniques emulated again mm. since nineteen ninety nine. How many action movies have done you know, yeah. people fighting on wires. Yeah. You know, mid-air fights all the time. It's just yeah, it's
0: just the thing. Well, it's just it's really like I said, we kind of um, reinvented the action and the um, the sci-fi movies. Now, interestingly, the cast had to train for about four months to prepare, but even then, um, UN uh, wasn't actually satisfied with their fitness. So he actually changed his own choreography to suit their own styles because they hadn't quite got to the point that he wanted. So, Keanu Reeves. He was a diligent fighter. I don't know what this means. but this That probably is what... sounds like
1: a more like a delicate.
0: Maybe. Maybe. Um, maybe he was like also a... injured, but we'll talk fighting about Fighting like that. a swan. Um, Linus Fishburne <laughs> was about resilience, so that's probably endurance. Um, Hugo Weaving was a precision fighter, so it was kind of more about jabs and things like that. And then um, uh, Carrie anne Moss as well was more about her feminine grace. So she's. And it's kind of. You see that in her fighting techniques. So is
1: more, more flexible yeah, moves and fluid moving and, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, for legs so, and arm movements. so
0: because the cast weren't up for it, they basically mended those no, fighting that, styles. No, that's Like then they yeah. each had like a niche. <laughs> yeah. Now there were plenty of injuries in in regards to the fighting um, and all that choreography. Our uh, actually had a spinal injury before pr- pr- um, production actually began. I couldn't find how he did it. It wasn't doing training, but mm. he trained through it. Um, Didn't so- they have to reshoot a whole bunch of? Um, some scenes? of it, some or of it, and they also, re- 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 yeah. So they re, they re- um, they basically, while he was healing, they were just doing production work that didn't require too much of physical effort yeah. on his part. So he was doing a lot of. So they had to go like back to shots, do all
1: stuff, sat in the car and stuff. <laughs> like, yeah,
0: yeah, oh, we'll do those scenes, like those kind of things. And also, as a consequence, you don't see him kicking as much. You do see him, however, have his leg above his head, which is bloody brilliant. But um, <laughs> but no, but as, he, as from a kicking point of view, it's more... It's I think I remember reading about it. Uh, yeah, that's why there's a lot of him just sort of punching a yeah. lot. Um, Hugo Weaving <laughs> required hip surgery um, after a training accident, not because he's old, because he's pushing himself. <laughs> um, Carrie Ann Moss performed all her wire stunts herself and injured herself while running around the walls in the lobby scene, which is probably one of the best scenes. And there were stunt actors that were injured during the... Uh, they, got, so they got broken ribs um, and broken shoulders from the subway roof. Like, jump, the slam, yeah. at the end, with, um, with Neo and, and Agent Smith. So, and, and you can... I guess that is stunt performance because they're facing away from the camera. But that's a, it is a pretty heavy hit. They do, but mm-hmm. they had um, compressed air cannons, and they shot them into the air. But they hit the roof and broke their shoulders. <laughs> terrible, terrible. That just goes to show that there was so much effort... Put into you know putting them together these fight scenes and Keanu Reeves was reported as being even though he was injured during all the training he would still push himself beyond beyond even that and, and you see that with um, so I think this is a bit of a reputation thing he does that with the John Wick things and, and that he's really really masters a certain art or um, a certain particular choreography that's, that's related to that and he even though he doesn't do all the stunts himself he does a lot of the um, the choreography himself yeah and he goes himself to the next level.
1: I guess the last sort of special effect, sort of just speaks for it, Speaks for itself is, I guess, the CGI effects that you see—the Sentinels, yeah. you know, like the liquid hand thing, the, yeah. you know, the helicopter flying into like the building, mm. all that sorts of things. Standard stuff, by today, you know. Well, today, I mean, but even and even
0: watching it. Yeah, only a couple of days ago it still holds up for the most part I mean there's a lot
1: of it that, a lot of it's practical CGI blend which is fantastic yes there are like some of the shots of the Sentinels look really good and I'm like oh wow that actually looks quite real but then sometimes I'm like yeah, it really looks like a cartoon the lighting I mean, might be a bit off or something like we're that we're talking yeah. 20 years ago, this, this was the 90s like, yeah. and you know there was a almost almost realistic looking CGI I mean, that's yeah. Not bad. You know? Yeah, well, no, you make a good point. Like, it is dark as well. So when they do look shoddy and it's dark, it's sort of like, why do they look shoddy? But it's not all the time. And like I said, you know, if you look at the second movie, they go overboard with the CGI and a lot of it just Mm. looks shocking. Like, Yeah. So in comparison, this movie is... (laughs) The the, the many Smiths. This one is visually ten times better than the second. So (laughs) They also have... um, The you know that that old
0: 90s blend of CG and practical, yeah, uh, which which is always like like. the helicopter crash, the CGI ripple that comes out of it. Obviously, that's not real, but it looks fantastic because (laughs) they they weren't flying helicopters into a building in Sydney, were they? (laughs) But but they obviously there was a practical explosion, and they get two shots you get the front on explosion, which is actually through the window as Trinity's swinging through and smashes against the glass. Great shot, but then you also get Neo above holding the rope. And it's on a different angle. Two different shots of the same explosion, but you also have that CGI all kind of factored in. The um the lobby scene,
1: it's all practical. I think we're I think we're at that point because <laughs> that's one of my standout scenes. So I right. think we're at that point well, where we're talking. Talk let's talk
0: standouts. Let's talk. Do you want to do least favorite first?
1: Let's do that. And okay. I mean, do most favorite. There's not many that there there aren't many least favorites from me. Um, I have sure. mentioned already the scenes where, like, a sentinel is, like, chasing it. And I, like, I guess this feeds more into, like, I guess my dislike of the third movie where yeah. there's a lot of it. So, I guess now when I watch the first one again and I see the sentinels, I'm like, I don't really care. Like, yeah. so it kind of just takes up time. There's something else going on, like, in the Matrix and then we, we suddenly cut to, you know, Fishburne and Moss and their bloody, oh, no, the sentinels are kind of, it's like, I don't care. Like, you yeah, guys yeah, are fine. Yeah. You're all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, they're like, oh, they're on our tail and it's like, they don't even come close to them. They don't. There's no. I yeah. just don't know where that goes. Um <laughs> The introduction of the Sentinels as well. I'm like, I get they needed to do it to explain. So you, know, you know what's to coming build later. Build the story, but I'm but... like, really not related to anything that's going on right now. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess they had their purpose, but I don't know. Just for me, they just. I prefer the scenes when they're in the Matrix and they're doing stuff. I guess yeah. over the real world, which I guess is kind of grim. Yeah. Look, I actually
0: struggle to find the least favorite. Scene. Mm. I but mean, they, I mean, if that's all I come up with, that's I mean, that, that that's, is pretty much it. Like, that, that's fantastic. I mean, look, I there's there's some scenes where you're with Cypher It's kind of like spoon feeding you that he's a villain before you know he's a villain. So before, they but they don't. It's, they it's not. It's not too heavy. I mean, it's
1: kind of like that one scene with him where you know he's eating and he's like, ignorance is bliss. No, no. But before that, you Indif- kind of get that he's a bit sinister, but you don't. I like when Neo appears and he's like, "Oh, you're scared that, but Jeebus out of me!" Yeah, and it's like, "What are you up to? What are you doing?"
0: You know, I mean, maybe it's just my general dislike for him. But it's Boldoes, man, but, don't but trust him. But overall, I don't really have a, a least favorite scene because it kind of all blends well. This is an example of one of those movies that
1: just the flow is so good. The pacing. The, like, I mean, the pacing we can talk about it now. Yeah. Like we're talking scenes coming together. The pacing is good. Like this movie comes in at about two hours, ten minutes, or something like that. From yeah. like it's very. You might, if you at any point you're like, oh, I think this is dragging. Yeah. I think the only time that might happen is right before Morpheus is taken, and then the final climactic scene is yeah. kicks in, and then you're like, you're right back into it. So yeah. it's like that's perfect. Even the slower scenes, like um, the Morpheus interviews
0: um, interrogation scene, even that's got punch. I like so it the slows scenes slows it down
1: before the big action. I like the scenes where they're talk, you know, they they're talking about what the Matrix is, and, yeah. you know, like. Explaining humanity think, is. And then raising these questions, you know, like, what is real? Yeah. And that's like, ah, oh, stop it. Yeah. Or like when they're sitting around, they're eating, and it's like they're talking about wheat, you know, like yeah. what does wheat taste like? And that's like, how does a how does a computer know what wheat tastes like? Yeah, Does wheat taste like what we think wheat is? What yeah. about chicken? Everything t-? And it's just like, man, that kid makes a point. <laughs> And that other guy's just like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> and you're right. like, yeah, you've got to. You just got to. You can't think about this stuff. That's right. It just gets too deep, too... All right, um, well, let's talk about favorite scenes then. Um, but I'll start early in the movie, the cubicle office scene where yeah. he's got Morpheus on the phone and he's just like, he's just telling you, because, know, you know, at this point in time, if you're watching this for the first time, you're just like, who is this guy on the phone? Yeah. What's going on? Why is listening to him? Who are these goons? Wait, you've, you've, yeah. And it's like the tension of like in and out of cubicles. Yeah. Um, I mean, we haven't mentioned it, but, you know, like whenever you're in the Matrix, it's like you've got that green lighting, that green tinge yeah. for everything. Yeah. And it's so, so you got the you know it's so dull, but also yeah. there's green hints and just yeah. sort of cross together. You you get him in that office room, and then he's like, "Am I going to go out the window?" Yeah. And you're like, "You just expect him? Oh, yeah, he's going to climb out the window and he's going to mm. you know get out of there. But yeah, it's cool. he gets caught. He goes back and he's like, "No, nah, to hell with this." Yeah, he gets back in. I think it sort of sums up his character in that moment as well. It's like mm. he's not an idiot. He's not just going to risk like, it all. He's all like, for... "I'm gone this far, but I'm like."
0: No, this is this well, is too much. At that point, is he's, he's got his two lives, doesn't he? You know, he's got he's got his double life,
1: and he doesn't he's still de- determining which one he wants to commit to. So. Yeah, I mean, even when he's in that interrogation scene, this is one of yeah. my standout scenes. But you know, he's talking to Smith, and he you think you you know Smith is making a good argument. You know, like yeah. help them out. Yeah, you yeah. know, maybe you can trust him. He's taking his sonnets off, and then he gives him the finger, and he's like, Nah, give me yeah. my phone okay. call. Um, the next scene, I guess, it, I guess it's a long drawn out. It's, it's almost like a whole act. Yeah. But from the moment that Morpheus and Neo first go into the the construct room, or what they could call like the loading program, yeah. and all of his training, pretty much all the, the back and forth between Morpheus yeah. and Neo, the fight that they have, their yeah. first like fight in that training room, where he shows off all his kung fu skills. Yeah. Um, the scene with like the the red the woman in the red dress. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, the, the, what is it? The, um, just all that walking around the streets the of training program. Walking yeah. around the streets of Sydney, and if you if you have a keen eye, they walk past the Commonwealth Bank.
0: Well, you know what? If they're on when they're on the roof, you see an Aon, you see a Macquarie, you see a Westpac, and you see a um it. Young.
1: Actually, if you, with an even more keen eye, yeah. whenever they're in a car, it's an American car steering wheel on the yeah, left yeah. hand side right yeah. but as they're driving down the road yes. sometimes you see traffic in the distance and it's like you'll see a car pull in on the left hand side of the road yeah. obviously because that's real traffic yeah. or when you know you first see um, Trinity and she's on her bike after okay. you know Nia gets taken in she gets on her bike and rides away she's on the yeah. left hand side of the road oh. it's like <laughs> it's like they tried but then it's like nah it's like, <laughs> there's <laughs> a certain constraints. that's really interesting I very clearly very clearly is, is yeah. Australia so that's all right. okay. so um, but I love two... I love all of that. Was there, was there a third? Um, like you mentioned Paul, the shootout when they first get to that the military building, yeah. the lobby, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I think that's again you got that blend of the. I can't remember which which song it is. You probably know. No, I don't know. Ah, oh, damn. Anyway, yeah, that song playing. It's all like uh, punky and stuff. It's very nineties. Yeah. There's machine guns. There's flips off walls. Yeah. There's Goons going dead, getting gunned down, and, and it's
0: practical. Him. All of the every single bullet shot is like practical.
1: That that final shot where everything sort of settled, and then that piece <laughs> so of, falls down. That was an accident. Oh all right, they kept it in because they were like that, That's because I mean, amazing. Yeah, absolutely. No, but that's an awesome scene. Like, I'm like that. That to me, like that's the match. That's what we're here for. To see all that, all that shit. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is missing from not so much the second one, but the third one. Mm. Just. Fun, crazy scenes like that. Yeah, yeah. Over the top stuff.
0: All right, well, we'll go we'll go with mine. I've got three. Um, we'll go go through them. First for me is the introduction. Well, it's not the introduction to bullet time, but it's the real, like where you see Neo dodge his bullets. So the rooftop scene? The rooftop. Oh, he dodges all by one. All, all by one. No, yeah. two. He gets hit hits on the arm and the leg. He goes boom, boom. Oh, he gets hit twice. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, okay, yeah. Cool. So that was, because that's really the entry, everything like before that, it's the kind of the same level that they can all do. They all know how to. They can all kill jump. People. they
1: yeah. can all kick and
0: bounce off walls. Yep. But Trini turns around to him right then and says, "How'd do you do it?" She did. She's like, "Yeah, you've never like seen anyone done that like." Yeah. How do you move like yeah the computer? Absolutely. So that like I mean, and also the, just the, the incorporation of special effects. That cliche shot of Neo kind of falling, and then the bullet kind of coming straight into mm. the camera, which is. It's how it, that it concludes. A bullet comes into the camera, goes black, and you see a shot on the arm, shot on the leg.
1: Wow! I remember when were. when I first watched this, I was as a kid. Yeah. And like you know, we'd seen the trailers and stuff like that, but we didn't. The trailers didn't tell us what the mm. Matrix was. It just showed all these cool scenes. And yeah. you just like, well, I'm interested. I'm I'm there. But just watching it, it's like seeing yeah mm. Neo do that. Yeah. You know, bend backwards, and it's like we'd seen it in the trailer, but it was yeah. like. In context, it was just like what, yeah. and that's you see in it's that scene. So cool
0: in that scene, like you get an earlier one where you get the agent Sentinel like training program, and Morpheus says no one's ever beaten one of these guys. Before. Yeah, if you go Everyone, up against them, you'll die. Right? You will die. Trinity is the first one to kill one because he dodges the bullets. Like goes Trinity, help! Dodges the bullets, and he goes Dodge and then she goes dodges this and shoots him. Oh, in the I head. suppose she's yeah. the first person in all of their history, apparently, to
1: actually kill one of the ancients. If you think about it. Oh. Unless Morpheus... that's the first one that died. Unless Morpheus was referring more to one-on-one... Well, Like, yeah. if you were just going up against one... Yeah. I mean, surely they must have, you know, shot one in the head every now and then or something. It well, happened. Well, I don't know. But I mean, I guess, yeah, I didn't I didn't view that as a profound moment, as, oh my God, she's the first one to, to kill. No, I didn't. But, know. But I thought I was, it was point. It's
0: good to reflect on. It was more... He sits there, he's out of ammo, he goes, Trinity help, no help coming, dodges bullets, Mm. falls over, Trinity comes in and just goes, bang, and blows the guy away. And then if you just think about it, you're like, far out. It's a changing moment in their entire world, basically. Um, So that's first one, (laughs) believe it or not. Uh, Second one's actually the Morpheus interrogation scene. I love this, all the dialogue. Mm. Um, There's nothing from Lawrence Fishburne. (laughs) He's (laughs) drugged, That's fine. But um, Hugo Weaving's performance there and his pure hatred for humanity, but pure hatred for the Matrix and wanting to get out. Yeah, and like he's you just said, intoxicating, and he just hates it. Takes his sonny's off, and he yeah. reveals he's like, I want out. Okay. And then, and then it's it concludes. Like you get you get everything happening, like the bomb going off in the building, and then they're just sitting there, and then the rain, the sprinklers come on. It's a similar thing that happens in um, you know, Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, how they watch they're at Helm's Deep. And Theoden turns around and goes, like, he's like, so it begins. <laughs> like, the rain starts falling. Like, <laughs> yeah. Drop, drop, drop. And then it just pours Actually,
1: down. mentioning rain, I love when, like, rain is coming off yeah. the, like, windscreens and stuff like that. And yeah. you know, it's meant to look like the Matrix coding. And... Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, like, that
0: flow, that downflow mm-hmm. effect, um, which is really, really interesting. Um, the window wipers are that. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. Um, so, yeah, the, the interrogation scene, I absolutely love it. And then... Uh, last one, it's got to be the lobby scene is actually... That's probably out of everything. That's that moment. It's the music. It's just so cool, isn't it? The practical effects. Everything's fantastic. And and it's like there's scenes... Have you seen the the behind-the-scenes stuff? Like, it's just kind of cropped up randomly, like movie mistakes and stuff. So there's a scene where Neo's standing behind the pillar and there's crap hitting behind him and he turns around. But you see a shot from very, very far away and he tre- treads on a piece of concrete and falls over. no oh. And it's it's used as evidence about how sometimes an actor might make a mistake and then you've just got to reset the whole friggin' thing. <laughs> That's actually incorrect, because it doesn't happen. If you watch the movie, that moment when he would fall when he turns around he falls over, it's cut. And then the next cut you see is he's standing there, shooting down a corridor. So he turns around in the behind the scenes thing he falls over, but he's obviously turned around and then the next shot is looking down from when he turned around and he started shooting. So is that... And they so fixed the actual it? Th- yeah, they fixed it. So they wouldn't have had to reshoot it. And if they did, they have wasted the reshot. Reshoot because that's it. Yeah. Anyway. But that movie, um, that scene itself, from the moment they walk in and the mu- the music, like it's just a banging beat. He opens his thing and the guy goes, holy shit. And it's just like on from that point. <laughs> I bloody love it. All right. That's our, that's our standout scenes. I think now is a good time. As good a time as any to do our uh, our quiz break. What do you reckon? The old uh, 10 questions in 60 seconds. I'll say yes. You reckon yes.
1: I'm the one being quizzed today. You are the one. <laughs> I hope I haven't gone too hard on you. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right,
0: you ready? On three, two, one, go.
1: At the start of the movie, what is Neo told to follow? White Rabbit. Correct. What is the name of the company that Neo works for? Uh, Something con, but skip it. What brand of mobile or cell phone no, does Neo phones. Yes, what colour pill does Neo take? He takes the red pill. Correct. Morpheus tells Neo that the true year is closer to? Uh, 21 99 Correct. What yeah. does Neo break when he meets the oracle? Uh vase. Correct. What food is Cypher eating when he tells Agent Smith that ignorance is bliss? Mistake. Correct. What happens when something in the Matrix is changed? Deja vu. Correct. How does Agent Smith get to the subway station? Uh, Homeless man. Correct. How does Trinity know that Neo is the one? Because she loves him, but he has to die. I'll take it. She falls in love with him. Correct. And if we want to go back to that one, where does Neo work? Snake. texicon or something? Like that. Texacon? <laughs> Tex- what? what? Techcon? That's it, that's it. the no, right. But, um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where is texicon Texacon is something, I swear. No, um, it is. Oh, it's... Uh, yeah. Do you know, where know what, it, do you know what it is? Yeah, me- well, it's, yes, I had the answer. No, no, no. Oh, texicon. It's freaking from
0: that cartoon, Cars. I think it's the freaking oil company that's on the branding.
1: No, that's... that's. is it DinoCo?
0: DinoCo is on Twitter. To- it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> what did I get? No. What was it? What was um... It? Metacortex. Metacortex. Okay, text was in there somehow. I just didn't know how or what or where or whatever. (laughs) Cool.
1: I reckon I got nine then. You did get nine. Yeah! Nine out of ten. That's brilliant. Here's a bonus question for you. Okay. Why is it impossible to bend the spoon? Because there is no spoon. That's what I want. That's what I want to hear.
0: All right, well, that was our quiz. Um, Geez, I did good at that. I'm happy with that. It's time to rate this bad blue um, out of five VHS tapes. I'm going to be quick and short and sharp, short and sharp. I think this movie is fantastic. I thought I was Neo at some point in my life. <laughs> I'm obviously, I'm not. But you weren't. I'm not the so one. A,
1: one out of one out of, five. <laughs> one out
0: of five. Zero out of five. No, 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 no. This movie is fantastic. No, not the one. It still holds up. There are a couple of little um, glitches in the Matrix in regards to <laughs> the CGI on some things. Not much. It's bloody brilliant, and the storytelling itself. The the world building behind it is incredible as well. And the Wachowskis just killed it. They just absolutely did well. They did so well. Um, can't believe that this wasn't the chosen cast. I just don't
1: understand because it just works perfectly. But uh, anyway, this Only is... chosen until they came across these people. So, you know. Okay. Maybe right. if you put them... Yeah, a, no. you don't know. We don't really know how it all came about. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so this one, for me, like I said, short and sharp, this one is a five out of five. No. It's a rare one. Yeah. But... There's so much I can't really follow, and you it still said. holds up. Like for the most even Jurassic Park doesn't hold up in regards to some effects and you know some potholes and stuff. But it's what <laughs> play, it's still brain didn't get a five though, I got a four point anyway, five. What five out of five? This movie's great. If you haven't seen it, you're an idiot. If you have seen it, you'll agree, Jason. I'm <laughs> gonna say if
1: you have seen it and you don't get it, you're off. <laughs> well, those people don't exist. No, Jaze that's it. that's a that's something to credit this movie by. You know, it's smart, it's clever. Um, the 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 things that the Wachowskis were you know trying to build on and yeah. trying to put on screen. You know, like they had all this inspiration from all these things that they loved, and you can tell that they were fans of yeah. these genres and you know Japanese animation. Um, You know, kung fu movies, all that kind of stuff. Just wanted to put it all together, but you know, somehow they came up with a clever story of how can we have these characters do all these fantastical things, Mm. have a smart story behind it, and it's like perfect excuse. Nothing is real. (laughs) Mm. Love it. Um, Like this is a great movie. This is it's my favorite out of the trilogy. Of course, I think this is the best one. Rewatchable. I can watch it. Yes. Like. It's it's structured and tonally, you know, so good. The the things they do with like the make the the green lenses in the mm. matrix and then in the real world, you know, like there's no green at all. It's all the mm. dull colors that well, not dull colors, but like darker but bright. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's all these things, the the effects and stuff. There are issues with them. Some of them have gotten a bit dated. But I probably noticed them a bit more than you. Um, not especially, many, though. especially more on the CGI side. There are some still some good ones that hold up, like. But I mean, they're they're not perfect. Um, a couple like the Keanu Reeves is pretty good in this. Like, and I wouldn't change him. I think he 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 makes this movie what it is, and I wouldn't want to change it. But I reckon this is Hugo Weaving than the Oracle's
0: movie. But anyway, yeah. Go on, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go on continue. yeah, Is yeah. it overrated? Continue.
1: I'm trying to. I'm just trying to work my way to giving it the four out of five. It's four out of five. Yeah, no man. Like it's good, but like there are there are issues with it. For sure. And yeah, like it's it's a very smart movie. Yeah. And there's a lot of cool shit going down. Yeah. well, It's you, a four out of five. Like, you've I'm, been
0: podcasting on an event, so who am I to debate with you? <laughs>
1: I've got to save my fives. It's not quite up there for me as. Bullshit. It's not a perfect movie. It's not perfect. Oh, it's bloody close. Yeah, it's close. That's a four. It's not a five. No, no. Well, because you've got to be, if
0: it is a perfect movie, you just get ultra enthusiastic. <laughs> I'm <Not> just like, <laughs> it's a five.
1: Um, but after that, uh, Heated the bait. Uh, that, was, that was our take on 1999's The Matrix. Absolutely. We hope you enjoyed this episode of
0: Rewind and Review. As always, uh, we'll remind you that any feedback, either positive or negative, or any rewind request can be sent to us via email at podcast at
1: gmail.com. Or you can reach out to us on either that thatfilmstew or Rewind and Review's Facebook pages. Like and follow these pages whilst you're at it.
0: Absolutely. Uh, subscribe
1: and leave us a review on SoundCloud
0: and iTunes as it does help others like yourself find the podcast.
1: That You has launched their new website. It's still... No, it's not. It's, it's done. Is it? Yes. Yeah,
0: <laughs> That's news to me. Ladies and gentlemen, the website is <laughs> <It's> done. done. <laughs> Woo! Oh, what is it, Jason? It's podcast.com. Absolutely. Um, now, being 2019, we're gearing up to get through a whole bunch of movies that are celebrating their 20th this year. Um, next up, 10 Things I Hate About You.
1: That's fantastic. It's (laughs) going to be great. We're doing that, aren't we? We absolutely are. We're doing that. We absolutely are. Yep. (laughs) We're doing that. Thank you for listening. This has been another (laughs) Rewind Review. See you on our next trip. See ya.
0: Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library. This is taking us longer than it needs to. We did the whole episode in (laughs) bullets.